0: Still got one man up, and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat us the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes on the outside.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel, and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you? Very
2: good, mate. Exciting, exciting one today we've got.
1: Yeah, an exciting one today. You know, our guests keep getting better and better, bigger, bigger beards every week as well. <laughs> because this week, we are joined um, by the retiring Bath legend Ross Batty. Ross, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast
0: this week. No problem, guys. No problems. Looking forward to some interesting questions.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just told us you're an open book. So, um, (laughs) yeah, this should be an interesting one. Obviously, no game for for Bath this weekend, listeners. So, thought we'd try and get something a bit different this week. Um, Ross very kindly came on. So, going to have a chat with him about all things blue, black and white before we have a quick look ahead to the game against Northampton Saints. Bath' last game of the season on the weekend. Um, but Ross, I guess just over a week since you announced your retirement, has it sunk in? And have you managed to get through all the the messages? I'm sure that you received.
0: Uh, no, it's 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 a strange one because because I've been injured since before Christmas, and obviously as you're trying to, I was obviously initially trying to fix it and get better and like waiting for it to come back so I could actually, I wanted to obviously carry on playing. Uh, so. If, for me, it's been stuck like this for a while. So I've given it my the biggest chance it possibly could. So I that's why I'm, I said I in my piece for the other bits that I'm I'm at peace with it. You know, it's I can't I literally can't do it. I can't I can't do it. I would do myself an injustice to try and play and plus the risk factor is is huge to my health going forward. So the advice from the professionals is literally <laughs> don't be stupid because I was pushing to go again and they were like, literally, whoa, whoa, stop it. <laughs> like, you, like you need to really have a think really long and hard about it. And I think being here obviously at Bath for 11 years, been playing rugby professionally for like 16, I'm a, I've been a lot luckier than most. Some people don't have a chance to play that long. So I think all said and done, had a few serious chats with uh with mother half and my girlfriend and she was like I could see, you know, just as you talk through things, you know, and just try to understand where you are and what you want to do. it just became apparent that the risks far outweigh any benefits to my selfishness as actually wanting to try and try and give it for, I'm thought for thirty four, you know, I always wanted to play at thirty five. But <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of thing, what, what's a year, I suppose? I was desperate to get two hundred games. That's what I wanted to <laughs> Like, that's what I wanted to hang my hat on, like, never played for England, never was lucky enough to do any of that, but 200 games was the thing. I never got there, so, but, like... Well, 100, was it 170-odd, 180s? not Yeah, something like that, it is. It's it's, not too uh, shabby. No, it's uh, not, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good. I've got I've, I suppose, got to be happy with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, could you, could you tell us a little bit more about, kind of, the, you know, the injury specifically that you had, and obviously I understand it was, kind of, neck injury, and, and also you know, some of the the rehab that you went through? Because I imagine that was a, you know, you said a half a year or so, pretty pretty tedious and and long.
0: Yeah, it gets gets like that, to be fair. So basically, I hit a scrum uh, and actually watched it back, hit a good scrum, got it going forwards. Like, actually, we had got won the hit. It wasn't under pressure. We were good. And then you literally try to get, like, so you try to scoop, as a hooker, you try to scoop people to get underneath. So obviously, you're trying to force your, your head underneath them to pop them up to get going forward. Uh, so I've done that. I've tried to do that. And then obviously it just popped as it's popped out. It's literally, so I found out like a tube of toothpaste. It's literally just as the vertebrae have squeezed back, it's just squirted my disc out, essentially burst, burst the disc out the back. Uh, and that then in turn, it, cause I've been playing for so long, it, the disc isn't as, I suppose as soft and as cushiony as what it is with, for one of the people who don't play, Uh, I was going to say normal people, but but yeah, so it went then with the splinters of what actually went out, it splintered and then went into the neural system. So normally you get a bulge, whereas mine actually essentially like spurted out uh, and that went into the neural pathway and then stopped me. I couldn't, I couldn't like use my hand. I couldn't pick my hand up like that. Whereas now I can, I was stuck. I could do a little bit of this like that, but that was it. So it's, it's not ideal but i think you tell you say that to people and they're like oh wow that's quite severe Yeah, but i think <laughs> you're so so set in what you do and it's just it is just it is like speak to my mum she's like oh bloody bloody hell surgery blah 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 and you're like yeah, it, just, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's just rugby, isn't it? It's okay. just rugby. At the end of the day.
1: That, that technique that you kind of described when you, you're trying to kind of push them up, I guess, to get the hooker off balance, is that something that you've you kind of done throughout your career and it was just a freak incident on that occasion that, that caused the injury?
0: Yeah, exactly that. So it's just, I suppose, bad luck, essentially. Bit of bad luck uh, at the end of the, the 16 years. Bit of bad luck. But it's because I had a scan a year previous and there was nothing there. And then literally then I went and had a scan on this and it was like fully like essentially dislocated out the back. So it was, it was very clear that there was nothing there before. And then this happened, this did. But so I actually, I actually carried on with the session after we did the scrums. I was obviously in a bit of pain, but I wanted to play. I hadn't been featuring loads. So I really wanted to play desperate to play as always and uh, carried on. And I was like, yeah, no worries. Then the next got through the session through the contact Tuesday and then uh the next day came in and I was like obviously in a, in a lot of pain but I was like no I want to play so they like well you're gonna to have to show us you can run then it's like right no problem so I went out and then tried to do a pitch running session the next day when my hands was like this on the side of me I was like running this on the side of the pitch and then after literally with I think a couple of reps to go they were like you can't do this And Ross packing like this it's, it's there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I was, was going to say they asked you if you show them you could run. You should have just uh, got your phone out and showed them the um, the the Cardiff Blues intercept.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only that's that's the only good one I've got. To be fair, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I was going to ask as well because I think mean, you said something interesting where you know it maybe became apparent to other people that you know potentially it was it was not you know the risk wasn't 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 necessarily worth it. But you were kind of quite blinkered on just wanting to get back to playing rugby. So when, when did it actually kind of dawn on you that, you know, maybe actually you needed to consider, um, you know, life after rugby and, and kind of your 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 longer term, term health and, and how difficult a decision was that to, to, or difficult realisation was that to come by?
0: Uh, me and Michael, I remember it like quite clear when it was, because I was only an hour in of which way to go for a while and yeah. quite strong-headed and quite, you know, straight down the line it, myself and... It was, I was playing with with a little girl in, in the in the front room and she, like, just jumped on the side of me. She's a three-year-old little girl <laughs> and I got, like, real, real severe pain in my neck. Like, I was almost like, I, can't, it, I was in agony with it and I was like, right, I've yeah. just been jumped on by a three-year-old little girl and I'm battered from it. Like, it, <laughs> re, like I can't tell you, it was... It was really painful and I was like, that's that's it. If I can't do this after if I can't if that happens after me being out for four and a half months, I think it was at the time, five months, I was like, Yeah, you've gotta gotta be it's all the ducks are aligned there, you I'd be a be an idiot to try and go again, you know.
1: But I think Ross, after ten years, kind of looking then back towards the start of your, your bath career, after ten years you've almost got a middle of your northern twang, but but not quite. I was wondering how the move Came down from from playing kind of up in up in the north of, of England. How did the move come come about to to join Bath? Uh,
0: I was up in Newcastle, went through their academy system, and then uh, I wasn't I wasn't really get. I played more when I was nineteen at, at Newcastle. Newcastle, than I did when I was like 20, 21. Right. And I was like there's something not right here. There, uh, it, it wasn't right. Uh, don't sound too bitter about it, but things were at play that were out of my control, should we say. And, uh, yeah, I literally was yeah, disillusioned with it, didn't, was like a bit sick of it to be honest, then got the chance to move to Rotherham had, mm-hmm. and got the love for the game back, really enjoyed it and um, playing. And Kevin Maggs, the old uh, Irish international inside centre for Bath back in the day, yeah. he was actually player coaching at the end of his career and uh, Martin Haag and him are good friends and, yeah, he's Hargy was like, "Have you seen any good anyone in the championship? Any good lads?" And he's like, "We've actually got one for us. Like, you should really consider." And he looks after himself. He wants to progress, blah blah blah. And then went and met Hargy, and then yeah, that's that's all she wrote.
2: Yeah, I bet you didn't see yourself being uh, down in the West Country for for the next ten years, did you? When you when you're a bit younger, never expected
0: to be that far past the time for as long. <laughs> that's, that's that's for sure. But it soon becomes after you stay here and then you start to grow. So it's, you're playing rugby and you're playing because you love it essentially at the start. At the start, And then I think as I've gone through, I've got more and more attached to the club, like of not wanting to be anywhere else, of wanting to try and succeed and do something at Bath. And then towards the end, it becomes about wanting to literally go forward with the club. And uh, I've seen a massive change, massive changes over my 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 tenure at the club and uh all different coaches different people in different ways of doing their stuff you know different people it's yeah it's been been a a ride for sure but yeah like I said ultimately just I think I care more about what it is I I cared more about the team like my team than I did about trying to go somewhere else and and Mm -hmm. progress I suppose
1: yeah I think I think you kind of obviously feel that affinity towards Bath. And I think I can speak for, for Bath fans and we certainly feel that kind of affinity for the way you used to play the game and the passion that you kind of showed and it's clear with the way you speak about it. And I'm sure a lot of Bath fans have got memorable moments or memorable seasons or memorable games watching you at the wreck. I was wondering if you could pick out maybe, I don't know, a memorable moment or a season or anything in particular that kind of stands out over your illustrious 10 years.
0: Uh. I've got a few, a few just before. There's a few big ones that mainly stabbed out. Uh, I suppose three or four. I'll briefly, I think there yeah. was one where against Northampton, it was just before like I properly broke into the team. I think it was one of the LV Cup games and made a break from just over, sort of probably around there, just outside their twenty-two, and went scored uh, like near enough, like probably just to the side of the sticks, and I was like that I felt was the, the catalyst then to start getting more games, start playing mm-hmm. more. And I got in, I felt like I'd really put my stamp down. Do you know what I mean? That I'm good enough to be here. Uh, and then I think that season we got to the final, uh, the, the semi-final at home was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was epic. Like, I just, it's hard to say, like, it's hard. Well, for me, some people may be able to put into words, but just the feeling around the city, the feeling in the camp, the feeling on that match day, the feeling that we were just, we knew exactly what we wanted to do. We knew what we were doing and that they, we did it. They won't be able to live with it. Yeah. Like we, we knew that and the confidence and the, because we were a big physical side, but we executed well. We had a devastating back line and it was just, it was just awesome. And then the wreck was like jumping it was madness Like, I mean
1: I can come to be say it was probably the best day of my life so and I was <laughs> a wreck. so that's that's maybe how you can put it into words it was, no
0: yeah yeah no honestly <laughs> it's like if it, it feels so hard to try and replicate that atmosphere yeah. again it was a sunny day the Rex iconic itself in, in where it is what it you know just an unbelievable place to play rugby picturesque a lot and then couple it with everyone on the feet just I think there was drums in there. There was it was everything. It was it was madness. Plus, we were playing some of the best rugby we've ever played. So that that for me was epic. That's the one that really stands out. And then the win over in Toulouse, yeah. away from home, to win over there. Yeah. Uh, I did, that uh, we got a scrum penalty towards the end to like to finish off the game. And I think JJ skipped through. I followed him in. And I offloaded to flow on the line. Yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Because it was a really good try. I was like, there was no need. But anyway, but it was the scrum in that game. Like we beat them because they were massive up front. And we beat them went over the top. But I just, the, the emotion of like just battering them in a scrum, physical, in front, at to lose. It was like, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Like that is awesome. That stands out as well.
2: Uh, was, that, was that the old
0: uh, pop the head up for um, the hooker technique coming through oh exactly that mate yeah <laughs> it, 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 it bite me in the backside <laughs> seven years later <laughs> then, yeah. I guess
2: the, the, other, the other thing we really wanted to ask was you know obviously you've played with loads and loads of players um, and, and different squads over that that period and um, you know without wanting to put you on the spot but I mean we're, we're going to put you on the spot <laughs> um, good good if you were to, if you were to name, kind of, I guess, you know, the, the best forwards, maybe the the best back, and even sort of potentially the best coach that you've 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 played with in all those kind of squads and and seasons at Bath, um, or even a couple of each, who would you who who do you think you'd you'd go with?
0: So where do you want to start then? Pick. Should we go? We started. Should we start with the uh, all important best forward? Best forward. Okay. Uh... That's a hard one. Who, I'll put it back on you. Who do you think? Who, who do you think out of that, out of that list I, would be?
1: I'd say um, the best board that I've seen, apart from yourself, during a 10 <laughs> is François Lowe. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think
0: no, that... He, he, he was just different level. Like, yeah. Flo, just his understanding and what, what, how he could play. It was like I'm, just an incident with Flo. Like, I've run around trying to fold around the corner because I thought there was no shot at the breakdown for a steal. And he's beat past me got to the ball, stole the ball and I'm like, I'm just following around the corner. That was an opportunity what you've just done. Like, yeah, he was good and all honesty, Dave Atwood is, mm. stands out. Uh, he's just a good athlete, big man, bangs, you know, just good, just good, good athlete. Uh, I loved playing, obviously, best pal, Catty. loved playing alongside him and then, but, Playing when I was probably when I first started playing, like a lot, I had Paul James and Davey Wilson. Yeah, Mm. and they just allowed me because of their experience and who they were, they just let me do my thing. And it wasn't much coaching because I knew I I knew what I was doing, but I knew that I knew we were a good unit. Do you know what I mean? So to play amongst that was, yeah we just we just we worked. Do you know what I mean? As a as a unit, we just worked. Mm-hmm. Uh and I we were just so dominant up front. Like that dominance I don't think we've had in years, you know, in a long time. Not consistently, I anyway. Mean. No, that the, the just sheer dominance that we had. And we had a big, big pack with Fernsey, uh Leroy Houston, like Dom Day, Hoops. Sam Burgess. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Sam, Sam. Well, was he playing tw- six? Six, he played for us, yeah, didn't he? Six, yeah, yeah he got yeah, twelve, was and they went to England at twelve. Maybe
2: uh, so. if we switch, if a good point
1: to switch into the backs. Is there any one back that that stands out? Rocco,
0: Rocco, yeah. like wow, amazing. Like yeah. I genuinely love watching that guy in full flight and what he can do. Being on the pitch and seeing him do some of the stuff he's done, like genuinely awe. Like I think the god given talent that fella has is honestly amazing, like amazing. And then Mm. you throw into like the great ball players, like, I suppose, like Fordy or you put in, you know, uh, Kyle Eastman or someone of that ilk. Like I think JJ is, I think makes, makes a massive impact in our back line. And then someone out the back, like Ant Watson is just, he speaks for himself. I don't, Mm. it's great to play alongside Ant. He's a, he is I hope he doesn't hear this or watch this, but he's a he's a decent lad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but he is very he is very good at rugby, and, and- JJ the same. You know.
1: And then just moving to to this season, Ross, um, and, and the kind of the current squad, we saw um, Tom Dougherty, obviously in your position, come on um, and kind of make a bit of an impact. And there's lots have been spoken about him since. I wonder if you could just comment on what it's been like, what your experience of being around him has, and is there anyone else that that maybe us Bath fans don't know about in the front row that that you've kind of been training with and have been really impressed with?
0: Uh, yeah, doubts. I think I really, I really rated uh he runs round. he's a he's a tough lad he put he tries to put his shots in he his line out accuracy is good and he's just waiting for that chance and he's been waiting for a while uh, and that was his that's why if you I'm sure you noticed, but all of the lads giving him that feedback for because he's yeah. been waiting a while for that opportunity and it's yeah. fully deserved like I I rate him I rate him I think he's a really good player I really do uh I think you know he he needs to get and play a bit more regularly because with COVID with everything, it, obviously it's not conducive for playing and lads who are progressing. But he is uh, he's a top lad and he wants to learn and he wants to be better. And yeah, I feel I've got a good relationship with him. He always comes and asks, Can I do this, how about this, or what can I do here, or what that. He just wants to be he wants to fulfil his potential, you know. And I think I think he's he has got potential massively. Yeah, uh, I. Will- uh, who else? There's there's a couple of hookers actually coming through, uh, and they, uh, John Stewart, who I think is going to be very very good. He's he's a big lump as well. He's a, for for a young man. He's he's a big fella. Uh, he's just on the on the on the fringes. You know, the start of the academy. Mm-hmm. Hooker wise, uh, and a young hooker called Jasper. Jasper Spandler. Uh, he's he's another one that I rate quite highly in the academy because I've been doing a bit of coaching with them as well. Yeah. But I think they have got bright futures. Someone like, uh, of the lads coming through? Yeah, there's there's a, there's a few in there, you know. Uh, there's it's just like you look at like Josh Bayliss, how they've made themselves. Him, Miles have made themselves, you know, you know, big parts of the team and stepped up and you know put the hand up and they are the young lads coming through, which is which is awesome. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think young Orlando Bailey. I think he's a very level lad and he's got I think he's got a big future as well as Max Jomo as well I think if he, if he you know keeps keeps it right and I think his natural talent is is class like he he is an an athlete do you know what I mean it's uh, and I hope he keeps progressing the way I hope he fulfills what he what he's got definitely
2: yeah it seems seems a really exciting time actually um, with 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 the squad, how it is? Uh, loads of young players coming through
0: from 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 the academy. That's uh, that's the thing I see. And uh, sorry to cut you off. It was like that's yeah, no. that's where that's where I see it is a young team, and it's so young, but it's building, and mm-hmm. that's the bit. That's why I truly believe in in what Hoops is doing. As a bloke played with him for years, I think he's right, and I think he he will if he's given that to the ethos that he wants if he's given that with this young team, I mean, I look back to when we were in the fledgling stages of what we did, like, sorry, what we did, what what that team did at that time, it's almost at the start of that, do you know what I mean? I can see it just ticking over and it's almost the start of that cycle, that's what it feels like to me anyway. Yeah,
2: How I does... think as, fa- as fans it's easy to, isn't it, to, and I suppose as players to think week to week and to, you know, um, be short-sighted, but actually when you look at the makeup of our squad maybe compared to three or four years ago, it's younger. There's a lot of emerging guys coming through, and I feel like it is in a is in a better place than it than it has been. It doesn't, and the thing is, it
0: doesn't just happen. It doesn't. Yeah. You, you look into the finer details of relationships, of people, of making people care about the team, making people gel. It doesn't just happen by playing rugby. There's a lot more in it to make people care about about the club, about what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it doesn't just happen. But having that young blood coming through, who are local lads, having the young talent that's in there as well. Because the average age, I'd assume, I don't know, but it's very young, I'd say. I would say off the top of my head. And that that is that's a massive positive. So if you can keep that group together going forward, do you know what I mean? With the the lads who are progressing and really taking hold of it, the you know, like Dunny's really stepping up, being a, being a, he's a great player and a good leader. You look at Charlie Yule's what he's doing, all them people are just really stepping up and taking it forward. Uh, ben Spencer, like all the lads that are involved in that, are really, really yeah. stepping up and taking charge of that young team. So a couple of years of that, just keeping it together, only going to excel in my in my opinion.
1: Yeah, this sounds interesting, Ross, and I'm just kind of conscious of time. Um, if we just. Briefly look ahead to, to to what's in store for for you next after retirement. Um, I understand you you kind of mentioned it, but I understand you've you've got a job in in construction. I wonder if you could just um, maybe describe that briefly. And, and was it a, a, a difficult choice not to try and stay in rugby? We've seen you do a bit of coaching, also feature on BBC Radio. So was it a difficult <laughs> decision not to, <laughs> stay
0: in- uh, uh, to? To be fair, this just when when things align, they align. And Stonewood, who the stonewood builders who I've been working with were really good and uh they give me like a real good progression plan wanted to get me in wanted to get me there it was it was a no-brainer for me and I'm going to still do the coaching as well because I I don't want to leave it behind I think it's a shame and I necessarily don't want to coach at the top at the moment I've got no interest in that but helping people progress I've found by doing the uni and doing the academy stuff I've really it almost gives them a chance to have the opportunities that I did because I had some people to help good people helping me so that's that's why that's my progression after rugby and what I want to do so and, and
1: what's one one thing really quickly you're going to miss and one thing that you're kind of looking forward to putting your feet up after rugby
0: free weekends <laughs> amazing bank holidays that weekends and bank holidays amazing can't wait uh running out at the rec when I saw the semi-final against Montpellier and the lads ran out and it was a big game and to no I'll never do that again I will never be in that position to do that again and that, that that's, that's that's quite sad and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely miss that because that was one of the best feelings I suppose of, of playing rugby of being involved in this club of being in a big game in this city running out there is yeah, unreal, like amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm miss running out of the wreck, and I think Bath fans are, are going to miss cheering you out of the wreck. Um, thank you so much for for coming onto the podcast this week. No um, you know, you mentioned you're going to stick around the southwest and hopefully in the game. So, if we do bump into you at the wreck, uh, we owe you a beer and look forward to kind of chatting even more. Um, when we do so, so thank you very much, Ross.
0: No worries. Uh, look forward to it, lads. Thanks very much.
1: And there he goes, the Viking Ross Batty. Tom, what a fantastic interview that
2: was, and what a fantastic bloke. Yeah, what what a legend. And um, you know, I, I was, it was it gave me goosebumps really hearing him talk about the, the old seasons and the, the 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 moments that he had at, at the wreck, and um, you know all those players that he 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 mentioned as well. Um, just brilliant, and also you know inspired a bit of confidence. Not that we need it, G. In um what is a, a young squad um and hopefully a, a vision that is gonna pay off in time, um albeit at, at times that's that's difficult to, to, to see, um, particularly this season. Yeah, certainly is, but I think Ross um, has been there long
1: enough to, to probably have some sort of insight I guess into to what it takes to to build a winner or a near winner at the club so yeah really fascinating interview and, and thank you to all the listeners as well and, and people on social media at Bath Rugby Plug um, please do follow us who got in touch with questions sorry if we couldn't get to your questions uh, unfortunately we're a little bit pushed for time uh, with Ross um, but
2: could have gone for hours there, couldn't wait could uh, another, hours, another, so, another um, time
1: yeah hopefully another time um but yeah brilliant and and kind of thanks again to to Ross uh, another guy Tom who's who's leaving Bath another front row forward leaving Bath um not retiring Henry Thomas confirmed this week to Laura Shell. um I think we don't want to focus on this too much this week other kind of to say you know an incredibly useful kind of operator over his seven years for the club but I think we will have a a, 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 an end of season review podcast um, at the end of the season obviously after the Northampton Saints game where we will kind of go through all of the levers in a lot more detail and kind of what they will what they will um, take away from the squad in their leaving uh, and kind of reviewing the season in a lot more depth at the end of the season. Um, Tom again on Saturday for Bath yeah. Uh Northampton Saints, the final game of the season. Um, fans at the rec as well, which will be amazing if you if you're lucky enough to have a ticket, enjoy the, the game. Maybe you could just talk us through briefly the the permutations here. You've had your calculator out all afternoon,
2: so so talk us through it. Uh, the calculator is uh, definitely gathering dust in um, <laughs> somewhere um, in in a drawer somewhere. Um, but but no, it is it is interesting from a from a Bath perspective. So we're currently sitting in in eighth in the table on on forty seven points. Um, obviously, the, the top eight this season will go through to next season's Champions Cup. So we are just inside that on the on the cusp. Um, Wasps and Leicester are directly um, ahead of us um, on 47 or 48 and 49 points respectively and they are playing each other in the final game of the season so conceivably if we were to to win we could leapfrog one of those teams um, and go into 7th and if those two teams indeed drew their game we could even conceivably with the 5 point bonus point go up to, to finish in 6th which would feel um, potentially with some of the recent results like a bit of a bit of a robbery um in the on on the last week I, I guess that's how far we could go How far yeah, that's far the, far yeah. Far so far look, look the looking round. down the table so London Irish um are really the other the other team um, who could challenge for top eight, so they're just one point um below us um but they are playing Bristol, who are top of the league, obviously, um but this game isn't a dead rubber for Bristol because they are sitting only three points ahead of Exeter. Um and you'd imagine that they will want to secure that top spot, uh, both for, for you know West Country bragging rights, and it pains me to say that, but also so that they play Harlequins at home rather than sale, which is a materially easier game, you'd you'd probably suggest. So um yeah, quite a lot to play for, G. Um, and you know, um unless Pat Lamb, um you know really uh, wants to shaft us and, and and put out um put out the boys. Against against London Irish, which as I say, I don't think he do. He, he will. Then it's hopefully looking like. Well, it is looking like potentially a top eight finish. Whether or not that is um, a Champions Cup place next year is a good thing. It's something we've we've mentioned before. But um, yeah, all to play for um, from from a top eight point of view. Really for for Bath this weekend.
1: Yeah, and I think with all the games kicking off on on Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, clearly Bath won't know. Um, won't know the result of the other game. So, so Hooper clearly wants to get top eight and, and, and therefore we will be expecting the, the strongest Bath team on Saturday, I'd imagine, and, and kind of a, a Bath team fired up to, to go and put a few wrongs right uh, and get that, that top eight position. Um, so I mean, I would like to still see the you know, the players that aren't playing next season not play on Saturday but I don't think that's the way he'll go. I, I think he'll want to do everything he can to, to win this game um, because I think he feels that if we don't get top eight, it's a massive disaster. Whereas I think whatever the result on, on Saturday, this season has still been a massive disaster.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. You know, it's, it's a difficult one because obviously you want to progress um, and a progression next season would be um, Champions Cup with with the Challenge Cup being, um, obviously playing in the Challenge Cup um, this season. Um, but yeah, I find it difficult. I think you know to, to the point that Ross Batty was making. Really, this team is is I think in the um, kind of progression phase still, with it with it still being relatively relatively young. Um, and I think that winning some silverware, or at least being a bit closer to winning some silverware in the Challenge Cup, would potentially do more for our long term success than uh, getting pumped by a few teams in the Champions Cup and admittedly having some some good away days from our point of view. So. Yeah, I, I don't think top eight is, is, um, is necessarily a, a massive deal. And I don't even think it's, it's hugely desirable, as, as you say, G. But, you know, it's not our jobs on the line. And I think certainly Stuart Hooper will be picking the strongest team possible to, to play Northampton Saints. Um, and I should say as well, G, that, you know, they're sat in fifth place, um, 11 points behind Harlequins in fourth. So unable to qualify. Um, and Leicester behind them are six points behind So there is nothing to play for from a Northampton Saints perspective other than pride. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how those two selections shape out.
1: But I think there, there almost was nothing to play for for Northampton Saints this weekend, uh, the weekend just gone against Exeter Chiefs. I think their position was secured then anyway. uh, And, I mean, pretty much. I mean, fifth or sixth, anyway. And I think they they showed a huge amount of of pride in that against the Chiefs game to to go down to fourteen men early. David Ribbons was was yellow carded, and to battle and, and and the comeback felt inevitable. But I think they battled even in that second half, and and they really did show some some grit, some determination. And and I do think that that. That having the home fans at Franklin's Gardens really played a factor in that and I think hopefully on on Saturday having the home fans back at the rec will, will play a factor in, 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 in making the team talk just so easy because they've not played in front of fans for so long for so long um, and I, I just think that 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 just hopefully kind of tips the the the, the scales in, in Bath's favour, and I think if you are going, please get behind the boys as we always say, because I do think they 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 they, they kind of they, they need it on on
2: Saturday, despite what what's been a really tough season. Yeah, and, and I think to be honest, albeit this season will go down as 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 a disappointing one, you know, ultimately the last game is the last thing you you remember. Um, particularly given it's going to be the first game that, or you know, if fans are going to be back in um, to the rec, so it's going to be um, you know a nice, hopefully um, a good opportunity to leave kind of a, a good taste in Bath supporters in, in Bath fans' mouths, and for um, you know departing players to end on a bit of a flourish, and also I think all importantly for us to get a little bit of a of a taster and get a bit excited about some of the talent that we know we do have as we go into the the, the, the season break. So hopefully want to want to end on a bit of a high um, and to give us something to to look forward to for next season, Jay.
1: Yeah, hopefully Tom and, and myself and you not at the game on Saturday. As I say, if you are there, enjoy it. Um, it's been way too long. We'll be watching it together though. So yeah, we'll be getting overly excited about, about something I'm sure. Um, Zach Mercer, Man of the Match on Saturday, book it. Absolutely yeah. um, Tom. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, Ross. Again, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, thank you so much for listening um, we're really kind of um, growing at the moment as a podcast so thank you if you are a new listener or thank you if you uh, have listened all the way um, and are a loyal fan so we, we thank you for, for sticking with us through Thick and Thin and sticking behind the boys through Thick and Thin follow us on on social media at Bath Rugby Plug get in touch with with all your views uh, loads of views coming in at the moment so we are trying to get to reply to as many of them as, as we possibly can and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it, and give us a rating or a review on on iTunes. Um, and the end of season review podcast we will review ourselves i promise and we will get read out some of the reviews that you guys give us good or bad so um yeah please drop us a review um in the, wherever you get your podcasts um as i say next time you hear from us will be our end of season wrap up so hit subscribe and you'll get that delivered wherever you are enjoy the game on saturday wherever you're watching it particularly if you're watching at the wreck and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.